From Noble Robot on East Hennepin Avenue in truncated Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Ellen Burns-Johnson, and I make nice games. I'm Steve McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Arthur Croy, I too make nice games. In this episode, we talk with August Brown, lead producer at Armor Games, to discuss work weeks. And so, if everyone is ready, let's start. B minus. <laughs> I gave myself a B minus. We, we judge based on how close we were to the end of the song, because Ellen. I judge. It bothers. It bothers it's, her a lot. It's a B in her bonnet. It's something I do now. Yeah. It was a B minus in her bonnet. You had a great joke plan that you didn't execute. Do you want me to do it now? Sure. I was gonna say, from Noble Robot on East Hennepin Avenue in truncated Minneapolis. This is nice games. <laughs> <laughs> If you were to truncate Minneapolis, it would be something like yeah. Minneapolis or Minneapolis. I think it's funnier that we explained it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's typically how jokes work. Um, August, welcome back. <laughs> to Thank all the you. silliness. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Right? <laughs> uh, well, it was a pleasure having you the first time, and so we're glad to have you back again for a second. But you've made some moves since last we've talked. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh because the last we talked was a you, while. Yeah, you were you were still working at Congregate. You're yep. not working at Congregate at the moment, right? I sure hope not. <laughs> <laughs> we'll check back with them and see if yeah. that's right. the case. <laughs> uh, no, I moved to Armor Games over two years ago. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And you started doing very similar work, developer relations, as that you were doing with Congregate. But you have recently shifted to a different position at Armor. Yeah, well, Armor is, I think when I left Congregate, it's like 120 people or something total. Mm-hmm. And Armor, we just got a new hire, so I think we're up to 10. Ah, Double nice. digits. <laughs> Let's go. That might be wrong. It <laughs> might be nine still, but well, it's very small. So get, just. You'll get that double digit soon. <laughs> we're I, working on it. I wouldn't have guessed that. I, I would have guessed Congregate was larger, but I wouldn't have guessed it was such a difference. Well, for Congregate. It's kind of how you break it down because mm-hmm. at least uh, when I was there, um, it acquired several dev studios. Mm-hmm. So oh. like in that number were like two or three full studios. Yeah. Okay. I think Congregate Prime was like 60 people or something, sure, which is sure. still like several times larger than Armored <laughs> Games. Right, right. Yeah. So with it being so small, there's just a lot more hat wearing. Mm-hmm. And so like I still do the developer like production stuff of like working with devs and launching their games, but I also do platform relations like talk to consoles and whatnot yeah and, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, tell them what we're gonna do and try to <laughs> well i know as as independent developers like when you self-publish a game like trying to get the attention of nintendo or steam or anything to, to get placement it feels at once like there's got to be a mechanism for this but also feels like but clearly there's so few spots there's no way and so you don't know how to approach it so it's yep. it's nice that that position exists for someone to navigate that on behalf of the developers who work with you i honestly think it's a big part of like I mean, it sucks, and I get mm-hmm. why it is, because, like, someone at Nintendo can't talk to, like, 10,000 different developers. Yeah, right. yeah. But at the same time, it does do this kind of crappy selection process where if you decide, like, nope, I don't need a publisher, and I don't want to give them my rev share, but, like, I can't get Nintendo to respond to my emails. There's no, mm-hmm. like, middle ground. There's no, yeah. like, company... It's interesting thing about it because like for a lot of problems that developers face, there are publishers which are kind of like the Swiss Army knife approach of like they do kind of everything that's not making the game itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you don't need a publisher, you can hire like a PR company to do PR yes, for you or you yeah, can hire yeah. a marketing company to do marketing. You can't hire a platform relations company <laughs> to like pitch Nintendo your game. Yeah. Yep. 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 And that's like more important now when everything is digital distribution yep. than it ever has before. Like you don't need to worry about having a relationship with GameStop anymore if you're an mm. indie developer. It's just mm. not that relevant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, I guess if, unless you're a limited run or something, but that's a special case. Yeah. Yeah. And you can always find like if you want to do physical, there are companies that just yeah do physical. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So we brought you on here to talk about work weeks in particular. And I wanted to ask everyone around the room what your work week looks like. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go first, Stephen? I guess. Uh, <laughs> and maybe also like why this is an interesting topic for us. Um, yeah. Well, okay. So, so uh, you know, I've been working at Future Club for oh, how long? 
Nine months? <laughs> Time is weird, man. Time is weird. It's true. Um, and, you know, we have a we have a five-day work week. And uh, I don't know. It just, it's just it's, – it's the same eight-hour uh, thing that I've always been doing. So, like, yeah. I'm kind of accustomed to that at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's your grandpa's work week. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, like, we've been doing that. But, like, um, there have been talks that we, you know, maybe – are interested in the future potentially pursuing if all things work out uh, <laughs> a four day work week. So I'm very interested in hearing about a four day work week experience. And that five day, like all your work experience has been that eight to four, nine to five, five um, day work week. For the most part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's true. Actually. Well, I mean, I guess when I was in college, we did, I did shorter works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, <laughs> Ever since then, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, has yeah. been my that has been my work life. It's so interesting to talk because you're also like a morning person. You have yes. you're, you're, you're suitable to the standard work week. It does work for me, yeah. But I'm completely the opposite. Mm. We've had this conversation before, but like right. I've been like a freelancer or an independent operator most of my career, mm-hmm. and in in jobs where I have had to go in every day, yeah, they haven't. I haven't had to clock in at a specific time, so I got to decide my own schedule. So that was the closest I ever got. And uh, and it would usually be like ten to six or eleven to seven. <laughs> it would it'd be fine, you know. Yeah, yeah. A lot of like-minded people, so it kind of worked like that. But when I'm on my own, like I just work when I want to, and it's it's anyone who has that similar kind of thing knows how dangerous that is right. because then you don't have work-life balance. But I got to tell you, like it, there is something really comfortable about just being able to like, oh, I, I'm really on a roll. I'll keep going, yeah. and then I'll take tomorrow yeah. off. And mm-hmm. I have an addictive personality, so I'm always wanting to do what I'm doing now forever. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have a very difficult time start winding up and winding down yeah. on things. Mm-hmm. And so it suits me, but also it could just be habit. You know, I could, I maybe could learn myself out of it. So it is interesting when I have. There have been a, a couple jobs I've had that have been a, like the furthest to the standard work week, mm-hmm. and I've always struggled with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I end up wasting time at work. Because it takes me a while to get going, or right, to, yeah. and I think a lot of people have that experience. Mm-hmm. But knowing that I've trained myself to be really efficient with all my every half hour in the day, sure. like as best I can, anyway, I like I notice it when that happens. Yeah. It kind of drives me nuts. Sure. But uh, sometimes I just wish I could not think about work and go home. I mean, you're still thinking about work. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's true. You just you just opt into not doing work unless you know you have to do work, and then you just do it. But you know, it's the it's the curse of working for yourself too. Yeah, is you want it's work you want to do. Yeah, you are you guide not just your hours but your tasks, Mm -hmm. and so there's no there's no need to leave it at home because you like it. Um, Yeah, and that again dangerous. Right, (laughs) but that's been I've been navigating that my whole adult life. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because since I started working professionally since I graduated college and then went, you know, from that point years and years and years and years ago Mm -hmm. um, to now, I progressively had less and less structure to my schedule. Yeah. Right. So I started out as a teacher and that's pretty, pretty structured. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You are there and you have classes and they are coming in and there are kids leaving at these times and there is even a bell that tells you exactly when you need to be doing stuff. Um, and you have a half an hour for lunch. And so if you didn't bring one, then you can go to the gas station and you can get a burrito. That's what I did. Pro tip. (laughs) Don't live on burritos for a full semester. (laughs) Don't. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but then, right. So then I went to the corporate world and, uh, while there was still like an expected amount of time you were you'd be spending at the office, at mm-hmm. least in the position I was in, you know, you kind of came in at like around nine or eight or nine or ten, and that was fine. And you mm-hmm. kind of left at like four or five or six, and as long as you were pretty consistent to the point that people knew when you would arrive, yeah. then it was fine. Yeah. And it was more about like, are you able to successfully interface with your team? And now that I've gone freelance and I've been freelance for a, a, again, time is weird a year ish, <laughs> more than a year. <laughs> I find myself more in the mindset that you were describing, Mark, where I've I've become a lot more particular about how I'm using my time, and I like being able to stay on a task until it's complete. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm... I am more significantly interrupted by meetings than I used to be. Oh, sure. In oh, my, interesting. In my workflow, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if I need to be in a creative headspace because I'm doing some writing, I'm doing some design, 
a meeting in the middle of that is just destructive. It can just mm-hmm. throw my entire day under the bus. Right. Um, whereas before, when I was at an office and I was getting up to go to a meeting, I'd come back to my desk. Having, I think the change in venue was actually really helpful. I didn't think about that until now. I'm have to. I'm gonna have to see if I can harness that um, <laughs> in a useful way. But yeah, it is nice to be able to come back to a task when my brain wants to work on it, mm-hmm. regardless of you know, what else is happening because I can work on it whenever I want to. Right. I like that. There is a danger of not having boundaries though. Right. So that's a, (laughs) it's part of, part of the trade-offs that you make, I suppose, when you're going from like working for someone else to working for yourself and I I went through an arc on that, which is when I started out as a freelancer, I'd work for like 20 solid hours in a row or something. Usually I was billing hourly. So it meant the project was done sooner and so it all just added up fine. Mm -hmm. But on projects that I decided how long they took based on my own standards, then it starts to spend, I start to spend too much time on them. Yeah. Mm. And when I started doing that, I was like, you know what? Whatever. Like, it's fine. Uh-huh. And then I got really, really nervous about it. And I, got, I started really trying to clamp down on it, really trying to control. And that introduced way more stress. Mm. And then I kind of just found a middle ground. Yeah. <laughs> where like, I now know enough of the strategies, but I'm no longer obsessed with employing them. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And then I'm just like, you know what? Okay, I, I got one less hour of Mario Odyssey today because I spent one more hour I didn't have to on this work I was doing, but I feel fine, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. I just and I don't know if that's correct, but it, it's less stressful than it, when I was really trying to really like pin myself down. Those yeah. moons are not mm-hmm. going to click themselves, Mark. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Like, I would, I would rather at this point, like, um, I would rather work like 10 hours and get myself in a good place for the rest of the week and then have the weekend completely off. Yeah. Uh, and I have, even through my transition to being freelance, I have pretty much stuck to like a five day work week. I mm. sometimes work on the weekends, especially since I have some side projects that I have like a de- an end date mm-hmm. that um, I'm working with. People that, the people that I'm working with on the side project have also full-time jobs that they're trying to balance too. So there really isn't a lot of time for us to meet and work during the week. Right. So we do mm-hmm. leverage some of that weekend time, but I hate doing it. Yeah. yeah so yeah. like I think that that for me, like having a point in the week where I am now just done working and I get completely complete break from the brain space uh, for a couple of days is really important, mm-hmm. regardless of who's giving me tasks and so on and so forth. So yeah. I and I wonder if. I wonder if lots of people experience that sort of thing. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we brought you here to talk about the four-day work week you have in mm-hmm. Armor. Yes. But let's hear about your work week history. Yeah, I think for work week specifically, well, up until October of last year, I had five-day work weeks like everyone <laughs> else did. Yeah, right, right. But I think another important part that is not just like the work week part, but also like us being remote. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sure. mm-hmm. And I know that was a transition for a bunch of people at Armor that I luckily, like I've worked in an office for two months out of college <laughs> and quit that job because I never want to work in an office again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I've been remote basically as long as I've been mm-hmm. professional. Yeah. Um, and then two months in the pandemic, Armor had an office in Irvine since like I don't know, 2006 or something. Yeah. But like two months in, they're like, nope, we don't need this anymore. <laughs> uh, and so they just sold that space. Nice. And we've been 100% remote company ever since then. Like wow. half of our company was remote at right. that point anyway. So it was yeah. like, okay, some people in Irvine have to work from their apartments now. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's still impressive, that like turnaround time. I know a lot of people who were really adamant about, last job included, uh, really adamant about keeping the place and mm-hmm. getting people back yeah, in the yeah. workspace. So. Right now, especially, there's a lot of like, the argument is being made that employers want their workers back at work because they have, they're invested in real estate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They need to justify it. I, I, I'm not sure. That's a good argument. I'm not sure if it's 100%. It's a very cynical take, mm-hmm. but it also has a real ring of truth to it. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting that like the armor recognized, I mean, they surely they knew that the situation wasn't going to last forever and probably didn't even think it would last as long as it has. I'm sure we didn't. <laughs> but, but, but still made that call saying like this, this showed us something. Let's, let's lean into it. Yeah. It's really interesting. And I think, I mean, Specifically to the remote thing, I know, like, that's not just, I will never work in an office if I have a say-so on it again. (laughs) But, like, I know that's not everyone's preference. I know some people just, like, perform better in an office, and I just, like, feel like the life is being sucked from me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so, like, I'm glad more companies are adopting, like, a hybrid thing where, like, you can do either. Because I know some people really perform better, like, Mm -hmm. in one or the other. Mm -hmm. 
But for armor, I'm not arguing unless right. being remote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steven, oh. you for a long time said oh, I, yeah, you I couldn't like, wait to get back to an office. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, and then, I don't know, we've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> well, you, you, you got a job fully remote. Yes. And so that made it impossible. It so did. then you just came to terms with it. Uh, yeah. I, well, also, I um, am more passionate about this job than I was at the previous job, and that's a nice way of putting it. So... <laughs> So, yeah, if the I, there's a job I worked where I was able to leave it at work, mm-hmm. and it's because it was the one I was least interested in, yeah. and mm-hmm. I wouldn't have wanted to do that at home. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> back to you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so since, I think beginning of October, Armor just basically, it wasn't spontaneous at all. It's a lot more complicated than you would think. Okay, of, sure. Um, switching to a four-day work week. But uh, we went into... A trial, which at first was going to be a month, and like that, it was never going to be a month. I don't know. <laughs> uh, just because, like, it's the wildest thing. Like having gone through the transition from a five-day work week to a four-day work week, mm-hmm. I don't think you can like rationally explain how hardwired we are for a five-day work week at this mm-hmm. point. Like starting as kids, you're five or something. You're like you have five-day work week going to school. Oh right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not just you being hardwired. It's your, it's the entire culture. Yeah, which we still call it a school night, even though we're adults now. Yes. Yeah. You know? I thought I was the only one who did that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that there's no way a month ever would have cut it because like a month in, I was still taking trash out on Saturday morning where trash goes out on Sunday. <laughs> like yeah. we have Fridays off. Our weekends are Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it took, we still had people like a few weeks into that trial coming to work on Sunday because like it's been this number of hours since I've worked. It's time for me to like wake up and turn on my computer. Yeah. (laughs) It's like hardwired. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I mean, there's the sort of like forgetting that it's Sunday and not Monday, but Mm. also probably there's the like anxiousness of like, I've been off work long enough. It's time for me to go back to work. Right. Yeah. And, And probably similarly, people on Friday, they maybe left a couple of things for Friday, like at least to start with. Yeah. And I think for me, the first thing I did when I got hired at Armor was I showed up and opened up my Google calendar and blocked out all of Friday. Like, don't put any meetings on this day. And it worked. And then they got rid of Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have to block out Thursdays now? Uh, you just no. eat the way the whole week. <laughs> well, no, no, Mondays meetings. are pretty clear. Like, oh, okay. we are pretty... Armor was always pretty good about not doing meetings on Mondays or Fridays. Okay. okay. So like okay. it's there are no recurring meetings for the most part mm-hmm. either. But like it was uh, adjustment in like a lot of ways. I guess a lot of nuance came out that I wouldn't have expected of like how do I balance these things right. uh, in work? Like there's the obvious of like what do I do with these eight hours that suddenly evaporated? Right. Yeah. Right, right, yeah, right, right. yeah. Exactly. I, I that's something I've been really curious about because like you know. You're, yeah, your work week isn't just like, you know, you work more on the on the Monday. They're not 10-hour days. Yeah. Yeah, so there are a lot of ways people cut this cake. Okay. Uh, and so, like, the most common approaches to this are – I'm they all have weird names, and I'm not even going to try to remember <laughs> them. <laughs> That's fine. But basically, there's some that are like we do half-day Fridays mm-hmm. or we do every other Friday off. Mm-hmm. And I know Armor, when we were evaluating this, those were dismissed kind of quickly because, one, half-day Fridays are good in theory, but, like, you're not going to get anything done probably on the half-day. And the value of having Friday off is your weekend starts Thursday night. Like, whatever you do to decompress or, like, get ready for the weekend, you can just do that and you don't have to worry about, like, chiming in for four hours Mm -hmm. on Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And similarly, for every other Friday, like, it's hard to be consistent on every other week things yep. of, like, if I want to go to the gym or I don't know, obviously, I wouldn't do that now. But, like, <laughs> it's a theoretical future if I right. had that. I would want to do that every Friday, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then of the four-day work weeks, there are a few different approaches, kind of three big ones. One is four 10-hour days. It's always Friday that gets axed, I think, in almost every company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you just work 10-hour days instead. So you get the full 40 hours in. Yeah. And we didn't do that. We were eight-hour days. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And then of the two, like the 32-hour work weeks, there's the 100% salary and 80% salary. Oh. So there are, 
I think luckily in video games, I haven't heard of anyone going to 80% salary, Mm -hmm. but I know like in a lot of tech jobs more broadly, 80% salary. I've only done a few cursory searches. I would guess it's like 30, 20% of folks who went 32 hours reduced to 80%. Armor, we kept 100% salary. The only thing that adjusted kind of HR wise, well, there are a lot of things done to facilitate it, but the only thing we like quote unquote lost was our... PTO accrual now oh, accrues right. for. <laughs> I still get the X weeks per year off. Right. But mm. those are now four day weeks instead of five day weeks. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. So is. I'm technically accruing less PTO, but also get 52 more days off a year. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. that, that, um, cause I think early on in this, the, the discussion of a four day work week, years and years ago, you'd hear people talk about that as the 10 hour, oh, the way you do it is 10 hour days. Then, mm-hmm. then everything's all the same. Mm-hmm. And I think, I'm not sure, maybe you you did the, re- the company did the research on this. I don't think that's talked about as a common, I think people are just losing Fridays because they're feeling like there's enough knowledge that time is being not used that we're not going to be less productive. I, I don't think that's like magical thinking, I, but I, I think people are pretty coming around to that. Am I right about that? Yeah, I think that's most of it. Mm-hmm. I, I think there are kind of two parts to that. One is the theory is you're just going to like on Monday specifically going to be a little more rejuvenated and get more done. Yeah. Right. Um, and throughout the week, you're just not going to feel as dead inside and you're going to be a little more productive. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, but also like fairly early on in the process, one of the... Um, I was chatting with my boss about like, we instituted this at like the worst time for me personally. Uh, (laughs) Like at the end of last year in November, we launched The Last Stand Aftermath, which was the biggest game I've ever shipped. Mm -hmm. It was on like three different consoles and we had a physical retail and launching in Japan. And like, it was just, oh yes. That's a lot. Yeah. And (laughs) they're like, surprise, (laughs) now you have to do this in four days a week. (laughs) Um, And so... And chatting with my boss around that time of like, how do I do all of this stuff? Like, how do I cram this all in? Something he said that I thought was really kind of driven my approach ever since then is what we're not trying to do is cram 40 hours a week of work into a 32-hour week. Like, there have to be sensible cuts to, like, I think there's definitely some productivity increase, Mm -hmm. but, like, that's not the end of it. There has to be, like, uh, we did a really serious look at meetings like how many hours per week are we spending in meetings can we like cut that back a little bit so people have time to work i know talking to uh other teams who've moved to a four 32-hour work week they've had to like seriously evaluate like now having the same number of meetings that we had before suddenly like 40 percent of our time is meetings or more (laughs) right right huh that's interesting and i like you were saying it wasn't just going to be a month because it was you needed to learn a little bit more. Yeah. But also when it came time to decide whether to stick with it, how much was that decision based on the company just feeling better about their time at work versus actually looking at raw numbers and saying like, we actually did as much work. And which of those is, I mean, are they equally important? Because I could totally see a company saying, hey, we actually get a little less done, but we're all way happier. Mm -hmm. I think it's, some of both. Yeah. Um, like from the very beginning when we started this, I think at first it was every other week and then we dialed it back to like every month or something of mm-hmm. they sent out surveys of like, ah. do you have to work on Fridays? Are you coming into work on the weekend that is getting like offset by not having work on Fridays now? Mm-hmm. Like, are you generally happier? Like uh, kind of everything else and really measuring like what is hard? Like what is mm-hmm. making, what is this transition making harder for your, yeah, your job? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think combining that with, it's kind of hard because of, actually in production or in publishing, there aren't a lot of really discrete tasks that you can like look at and chunk and look at productivity. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of my job, like as a producer is like talking to devs and like <laughs> clearing out stuff for them. And so I'm like, well, I sent some number of emails this week, but like that doesn't actually tell you how much work I did. Right. Like there's yeah. no easy way to quantify the amount of work I do. Yeah. Right. Because you're, you're looking at your results oriented. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the exception and for us specifically with how we're set up, the one aspect that was kind of the hardest for us to make work with this new work week was QA. Mm-hmm. Because I can like, oh, do a few less meetings and like find ways to make up productivity. 
a QA tester can't play a 40-hour game in 32 hours. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like, it takes just a certain discrete number of hours to, like, QA a game. Yeah. Well, if you have to convert from Fahrenheit to, like, Celsius, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Propose that and add the next time. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. 32 does not equal 40. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of a telling example of, like, the little things you don't expect and and the like h- how much it actually changes mm-hmm. and how different those changes are felt by different parts of the company mm. even from people who have similar positions and uh, they how they their personal lives you know do they do they want those you know do they feel stressed during more stressed during the week and more relaxed during the weekend do they not like that versus someone else with the similar roles and, and tasks liking that and so mm-hmm. it's kind of like that's those surveys sound really a really good way to approach it because then you can kind of see not is this working overall, but like who is it working and who is it not working for? Mm-hmm. It, it is are those surveys available somewhere to look at? Uh, I don't. I think uh, John, our CEO, put out like some version of the data, like in a tweet at some point. But I know um, he's actually uh, for folks going to GDC. Uh, he is leading a roundtable with folks from Kitfox and Co-op and someone else. It's just a four-day work week roundtable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. GDC. Yeah, it's been um, when we were we booked you for this episode. Then there was like a couple of articles that came out profiling a couple other companies. And it's like, well, this is a really timely topic because a lot of game development companies specifically are really taking a hard look at this. And I don't know if it's just like the 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 snowball started somewhere or or what, but it does seem like a in our industry, it seems to be a hot topic. Yeah, like it's while in the last year, I don't know if a year ago I could have mentioned like maybe one or two teams at that time I knew like young horses. I know are pretty early on it. Yeah. The um, bug snacks devs. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we could spend the rest of this episode, probably just <laughs> listing dev companies. Who yeah. <laughs> but even then, like um, something that I feel like is indicative that like some ice is actually cracking mm-hmm. on this is it's kind of relatively easy for a team of like 10 people who like the everyone in management is kind of in the work as much as anyone else and feel the work right. as, mm-hmm. to be like i want a 32 hour work week mm-hmm. <laughs> um but when was it idos montreal went to a 32 hour work week for yeah. most of their i think they actually kept some of their qa i might be wrong on this yeah but most of their staff went to a 32 hour work week i want to say in like a fall of last year um and so seeing like a company with several hundred people like saying no we can do a 32-hour work week too uh felt like something substantially just shifted at that point sure yeah okay huh wow yeah it 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 really does feel like a just a complete mindset Mm -hmm. change yeah Mm -hmm. in the whole company well i think you know this this is me just coming back from or coming from the perspective of the agile uh training i've had um, there's, you know, you get diminishing returns when you're doing creative work after like 36 hours in a week or something like that. And I think that the knowledge and the research that's coming out of, um, that kind of examination of productivity in creative spaces like programming and, you know, the arts and so on and so forth, uh, takes a while to filter out, but it's getting there. From what I understand, a lot of our, like the business management education out there is still based around the idea of manufacturing, where like you're you're getting your estimates from the idea that someone is physically putting a widget into a locket or whatever, <laughs> and, <laughs> and that those kinds of um, diminishing returns don't apply to those kinds of physical tasks. Mm. It's not the same right. thing. Um, but to borrow another metaphor, your brain only has so many spoons. Right. right, you can only get so much out of your brain creatively every week. So the diminishing returns that you get from pushing people beyond that thirty-six hours average limit, you got to weigh against like, okay, but if they are fresher on Monday and they do get more done and they are more focused and they are happier, the quality of the work that we get out of them is better, and that takes us further in the thirty-two hours than we would have. Yeah, it's just it's a different calculation. Yeah. yeah. And well, also, yeah, like you were saying, a smaller company is a little bit more likely to take this plunge mm-hmm. at greater risk because it's easier for 10 people to all agree on what to do 
because they're all going to be happy. Whereas a, a, a company of thousands, you got the C-suite executives, they can take whatever days off they want to. Right. Like they don't, <laughs> like they're, they're, they're much more concerned about how many widgets per afternoon or whatever. Well, they think they are. Well, yeah, exactly. Right. So it probably, yeah, that process is different. And I guess you probably do have to be comfortable with the fact that it's, it's not all going to be driven by data, right? Yeah. Hmm. I don't think it was a coincidence that all these companies went to a four-day work week and there was a global pandemic raging at the same time. Yeah. And so I think, at least at Armor, I can't speak to all the other companies, but like this was part of a larger kind of reevaluation of like, how are we treating our employees when life just kind of sucks so much right now? Yeah, like, what can yeah. we do to make stuff better and like not burn them out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think... Um, for us, it was not just looking at the work week where obviously that was a very big part of it, but also like in the same breath of announcing the 32 hour work week, there's also now more or less complete like flex time. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. if we like have something that this meeting has to happen on a Friday or like this thing has to go out, it has supervisor approval but I've never had any pushback whatsoever at that <laughs> stage of just like, yeah, I had to put two hours in on Friday, so I'm leaving two hours on earlier on Tuesday or whatnot. Right, right, oh, right. Okay. And especially like the timing of the last stand aftermath, like I, our parting team was based in the UK and the developer is based in Australia. <laughs> so that meant I had like 3 a.m. calls where I woke up like to get, there for UK's morning so that I could work with the porting team on like doing submission stuff. Yeah. And so that came at the same time where we instituted all these new policies. So I'm like, I'm just not showing up on Thursday because <laughs> I work from like three to seven, three days. This yeah, week. Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting wrinkle that I hadn't considered because in, in my experience, the, the, the jobs I've had where I've had to go into a place, the best ones I've had are the ones that have like full flexible time Yeah, where, and, and because of the work I've done all my career, it's always been deadline based. So there are a lot of long days and a lot of short days. And so that, so that's kind of a requirement of the work I have done. That's not always going to be the same for a lot of places, but when you can offer that flexibility, I think that that does seem to maybe that is, do you think that's required like hand in hand with the third? Do you think, or could a more strict 32 hour week with a company that has as many, communication tendrils as say a company like armor does Mm -hmm. you need to to interface with so many people and other companies do you think that that flex time is like absolutely vital maybe the more important part uh i mean it's hard to tell yeah like especially since we kind of we were always pretty flexible like any time i was like yo i need to go pick up my kid from daycare because whatever (laughs) happened i'm just gonna I'll check in a little early tomorrow. Like I've been doing that both at Armor and Congregate. I've never had anyone yell at me for it. Right. Like, um, so I guess I've been lucky in that I've never had pushback on that kind of stuff. But we just like, it is now in the employee handbook that like yeah, this yeah, is yeah. something that you can get approval for. <laughs> right, right, right. So I don't know if it's required. Um, I do think kind of they go hand in hand in the end goal of like making work suck less. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we touched on it early on, but like those three-day weekends, do you see that as reclaiming some time that you can put towards other endeavors? Or is it really just about an extra day to relax? Oh, man. Like when they're like, oh, we're moving to four-day work weeks. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be able to play Frisbee golf on Fridays. I'm going to be able to like work on my own game on Fridays. None of it. Uh, <laughs> you go grocery shopping. You yes. have to go to the lawn. <laughs> One of the more interesting dynamics pop out of this is my wife, who is a teacher, mm-hmm. who is definitely not getting four-hour or four-day work weeks. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't ready. I don't want to call it jealousy, but it was jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> of suddenly like, ooh, I get an extra day. Like, oh, nope, I can do grocery shopping and I can do all these chores around the house that yeah. like would have been done during the work, uh, like during the weekend anyway. And yeah. now I can spend the weekend like hanging out with the family. Isn't right, this great? Right. So it's actually reclaiming more of your Saturday is really what yes. it's doing. <laughs> oh, I totally get that. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. That's what I want. One of the things I wanted to ask because in some of the things that I have read and heard from people who've done four-day work weeks, um, a lot of the the benefits espoused are from people who do have children 
and like have a lot of stuff they need to take care of and they have to somehow find a way to do, do it during the week and yeah. they don't really have less they don't really like have less on their to-do list but they have more space to figure out how to do it in a way that's less stressful mm-hmm. yeah i'm and, just having one day a week where he's in daycare and like i'm not at work yeah like just having that I think if we had a daycare was open on like Saturdays, it might be equivalent, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, just having time to, even if it means I'm doing chores all day Friday, which ends up to be most Fridays. Right. It right, does right. mean like I'm not doing those chores like over the course of the weekend. Yeah. You were saying that expectation you thought, because I know there's, I know that you're working on a game of your own that I've seen little snippets of, and I'm very excited about it, by the way. <laughs> but you had to come to terms with the fact that you weren't actually getting extra time for that. Was that like a real tragedy when you had to when you made that realization? Mm. Yeah, and no, like I think just um, this all came like at really bizarre timing because at about the same time when we like got through the holidays, I'm like, oh, now like. I finally shipped this game and I don't have to like work on Fridays as much anymore. And now I have time. And then we decided to sell our house and buy a new one. So like (laughs) now my Fridays are sanding walls. Right. Yeah. Painting. Yeah. Yep. So someday I'm going to work on that game. Right. (laughs) I know that line. Yep. Yep. I've heard that in my own head a couple of times. (laughs) (laughs) So Steven, I know you really want this for your own company. I I mean, Yes. Or at least um, you'd love to explore this. Right? I, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, I, I, like I said, we've been tossing it around. Um, it's just, it, it, we just keep yeah. bringing it up, and then no, nothing ever happens yeah. of it. And so I feel bad because it sounds like I'm like bad mouthing my team. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> I, I mean, I, so here's the thing. It's like, on one hand, I would love a four day work week because I work less, but also I'm concerned that like, I, you know, I would get less stuff done. Um, and, uh, a lot of people in the company, I mean, myself included in certain cases, you know, we, we work a lot extra when we need to work a lot extra. Sometimes we'll work on weekends because like stuff needs to get done. Um, cause we're trying to, we're trying to make waves (laughs) and it's hard to do that when, you know, things aren't getting done. So, you know, we, I think we all kind of, we're trying to fight back against this, um, but like we all kind of work a lot to, to, to make ends meet. Yeah. There Mm -hmm. isn't really a more efficient way to write 300 lines of code. Programming is often more akin to labor than people yeah. realize. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a lot of like uh, deduction and problem solving and real thinky operations. Yeah. But then there's the doing, which actually does just take time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I said earlier on the show that like, you know, I, I have a typical uh, nine to five or whatever. But re- in real- reality, it depends on like the stuff I need to get done. Sometimes I will work later hours mm-hmm. just to make sure that like, there aren't bugs in the in the prototype that we need to ship out or whatever, mm-hmm. or less time if I'm tired. And actually, I in, in in actuality, I feel like a lot of the time with my days, I will spend them being tired <laughs> <laughs> and like just looking. I don't know, looking at articles or on Twitter or whatever, and not working. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I need to relax a little bit so I can do more code. But I wonder if if I had more time to do that on Friday or Saturday or Sunday or whatever. Um, yeah. if I would feel more energized and feel more comfortable focusing on work for longer periods of time during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at least from my personal experience with it, yeah. that is true okay. to an extent. Sure, like sure. you're, <laughs> I am not eight hours more rejuvenated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, I'm definitely more productive, mm-hmm. especially like Mondays were not my most productive day yeah. on a five day work week. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, even before noon, I think like everyone had a really hard time doing that spin up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. like it is tangible how much easier that is. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now. Okay. You know, part of me wonders because that the three day weekend, if people feel that way, like when they get Memorial Day off or something, that yeah. Tuesday they come back, they feel a little bit rear and go. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how much of it is because of we still are so attuned to that five day work week. Work work four days a week for 10, 15 years. I wonder how productive that Monday is. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's really funny because. Thinking back on, like, how ingrained it is, like you just said, Mm -hmm. and, like, how we're kind of hardwired to this five-day work week, something I was thinking, I think at the top of the show, you were referring to, like, not your grandpa's work week. (laughs) Uh, In the same way, that wasn't his grandpa's work week. Like, the five-day work week's, like, 100 years old. I know, right? (laughs) This didn't, like, come down from a mountain, like, in the Bible and tell us that this is the way it is. Yeah. 
this is relatively new. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. anyone pushing out against the four day work week of like, nope, five day work week, that's what's works. Like it hasn't been that way for all that long. And there's no reason that we should right. believe that that is like the actual best way to do stuff. Right. Yeah. right. Like five days was the big push in labor movements because it didn't seem that preposterous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. but what is the ideal? Yeah. Right. It might be three days or whatever. Right. And right. certainly people in creative industries, we all have a very hard time separating our like desires to be fulfilled creatively with the work we do that is not our job on the weekends, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, but but yeah, I mean, there isn't a, a, a correct answer, mm. exactly. Mm-hmm. At, least, at least not one that we know. Right, right. Not I feel yet, like yeah. four days feels, like I'm still giving that company over half my time. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that still feels fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good, that's a very good yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> Agus, you participate in our Discord, yes? I do, yes. <laughs> and we very much appreciate it. Can you describe their Discord to our listeners during this call to action? It's a lot of cheering on Ellen completing Metroid Dread. <laughs> it has been lately, yes. And now that that's complete, yeah. what I is... I logged off. It, what... <laughs> <laughs> well, don't tell listeners that! <laughs> well... Dear listener, you should join the Discord, find something else for the community to rally around. Yeah, just tell Ellen to play more games. And then well, we can lure August back. <laughs> I, that is the next thing I'm going to be posting to the Discord is a list of which games I should play next. There we and go. I already yeah. have a couple on my list of options. So Okay, I'll sign up right back. Okay. <laughs> okay. Welcome, <Yes>. welcome back. <laughs> Steven, where can they do that? Nicegames.club slash Discord. Ellen, what was that? Nicegames.club slash Discord. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, Stephen, you, you were looking for strategies. How, how, uh, yes. how to pitch okay. this idea. Um, um, well, yeah. How no to meetings on it. Fridays. We learned that one. <laughs> Yeah, actually, we don't typically have a lot of meetings on Friday. Though we do plan our like fun time 
yeah. company fun time things on Fridays. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work out because a lot so of times. So you start your pitch with, we might as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, we end up like, we end up skipping it a lot of the time because we have deadlines on Fridays. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't end up working out. So okay, I'm, I'm curious about the process between, or in transitioning from five day to four day. Like, I, I know you you said that, like, your company was looking into meetings and was, uh, you know, and started cutting them because, like, you know, meetings started up taking up more of their work week. Mm-hmm. Um, what else, like, went into that? Like, did you have to, like, talk to people you coordinate with outside of the company and be like, well, we're not going to work on Fridays anymore. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. What was that like? The decision was all making, and just for kind of clarity, mm-hmm. um, the decision was largely made by our kind of leadership team, which I am not a part of and then uh so they were very transparent on like the way they went like just one random day we had like an hour-long company stand up instead of like the normal 20 minutes where they walk through like we're gonna do this wild thing and like this is how we got here and i think for looking into how to do that transition there's a lot of stuff like there's so many things that it touches as part of the business that like you can't keep track of all of it and i think your example is really key where I think when, at least personally, when we were like, okay, we're going to start doing these four-day work weeks, uh, we got to them like, oh, crap, my devs are working on Fridays. Right, Like, yeah, it wasn't yeah. this forefront thing of like, well, how do I actually navigate this? And for a while, I like yeah. would still have to check in Friday mornings because stuff was still getting done and I'd have <laughs> to like approve things or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think over time, as much as we've like gotten used to it and acclimated like our partners that we work with have kind of gotten used to just like dumping stuff in slack channels on fridays and knowing that they're not going to get an answer till oh Monday. right okay. right okay yeah, yeah. and maybe realizing that that's fine yep <laughs> yeah okay. maybe it takes them a little while and you know i mean how much do you think it has encouraged the teams you work with to consider it for themselves oh absolutely yeah oh for sure i think for some of the teams it's just like if not impossible at this point like would be very difficult because yeah. like there are games that have been in production for three years and like we have all of these dates set up that were set a long time ago all assuming 40 hour work weeks and so to be this close to the finish line and say actually we're cutting like 20 percent of your working time yeah yeah, yeah. uh, it would just like throw all the calculus that goes into that project up in the air yeah Yeah, sure um and so especially as the unique position of being the publisher in this scenario and like in a lot of case like providing the funding of wanting to be supportive but also like it would just with all of our planning be weird like oh surprise we need like 20 percent more money to make up for the fact that Mm -hmm. it's going to take a bit longer right right it is it is Mm -hmm. there's a bit of a luxury to be able to consider it right oh absolutely you know you think about uh indie like uh bootstrapping indie teams right like they every day they don't make progress is a a day longer they're working and i think that's a lot of the concerns that we have at future club yeah Mm -hmm. it's like we want to make sure that you know we're getting stuff done and we have things to pitch and we can earn some money somehow. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it interacts with the discussion about crunch. Yes. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and absolutely. What's interesting about it is that a four-day work week, because it's non-standard, it puts an organization in the mindset of like work-life balance, employee wellness, and so I'd like to think I, I would guess that it 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 helps that conversation because it's always on people's minds. But it might also introduce a problem that needs to be addressed, right? Yeah. Deadlines shifted or budgets figured out or, you know, uh, sacrifices made somewhere in the, that process to make that happen. But I think if you, like, go into, a, especially in games, like, since games are such discrete projects for the most part, at least yeah. in, like, premium console games and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, if you go into the planning stages of the game knowing, like, we're going to do four-day work weeks, I think it's not that hard right right, not as hard as you would think yeah yeah, setting up your expectations from the beginning Mm -hmm. from a company perspective i also wonder if like a huge amount of benefit is also gleaned not just from the change in the work schedule but if you if you pull out this specific change in the work schedule from the work that the company had to do as a group to mm. set up that change, right. I think you'd probably get a lot of benefit from doing the work too. Like you had mentioned that your uh, your group went through a lot of conversations about how many meetings you were having. Mm-hmm. And meetings can kill productivity, especially yeah. if you need a lot of like flow state to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Meetings kill flow states. Yeah. Um, and they can be really important. But sometimes there's a really – there's a much better way to get the information where it needs to be um, – using a different method other than a meeting <laughs> one that lets your developers continue developing <laughs> or your visual artists continually visual art so having just that kind of like 
that team analysis and reflection, I think has got to be really beneficial, regardless of where you end up in terms of how you structure your week. Coming from a publisher, our work that we do is just distinctly different from like a oh. lot of game devs. Yeah, but sure. also yeah, like sure. I'm really impressed with how many game dev like small studios of I think probably about the size of Future Club, mm-hmm. like Outer Loop, Vodio, uh, who did Beast Breaker, who also had North America's first video game union. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is a wild fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, but like a lot of these small teams and not even that small, like a dozen to two dozen people yeah. are like pulling it off. Yeah. Well, I think for smaller teams, I'm guessing that to pull it off really well, you need a good producer. You need you need good scope management. Mm-hmm. The kinds of things that all indie teams need, you really need it. Yeah. Because I don't think anyone would be surprised to hear that a lot of the work you do is waste. And some of that's okay because it's exploration or mm-hmm. it's right. whatever. Yeah. But a lot of it is waste that could have, could have been planned away. If mm. it, and, and, you know, a lot of creative professionals are not good at planning ahead because, one, we hate meetings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> like, uh, we and you know, um, but I think, yeah, like you say, it's, you'd be surprised on who can manage it. I feel like that's probably the silver bullet. That would be my guess. Mm-hmm. It's just like good project management and production. And it's still like even if you have the best project management, you're not going to get the version of the game you would have gotten yes. in a 40-hour a work week mm-hmm. in the same amount of time. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so it's like, can we ship this game? This is a terrible example, but like with nine levels instead of 10 yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I scope discussions are so important in any context because it really forces you to decide what's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And and it's like, is it more important than everybody being happy every week, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then you'd be like, well, I guess it really isn't, you know, that, yeah. that 10th level. Yeah, you have to frame the conversation appropriately. What are you, what are, what are the trade-offs you're actually looking yes. at making? Yes, yes. One of the things That's- that I think game developers don't realize is that it's okay to make a choice that makes your game worse if there's a good reason. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's that's a hard thing for people to come to terms with. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but there's so artists. many there's so many the factors. Game, yeah, yeah, we want to make yeah. the game as good as possible. Yeah, yeah. it's really hard to be like, well, let's make yeah. the game slightly less good. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> let's it, do it, team. Right. It, pivot, it pivots around that word possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. possible implies there are some some constraints that you're working in, mm-hmm. and really it comes down to what are you going to define your constraints. As yeah. your constraints, and here you're switching your definition from constraint to being 40 hours of work a week to 32, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you still have you still want to make the best game that you can, the best game possible. It's just that you've you're actually forcing yourself to content like to complete the sentence. Yeah. You're saying yeah. we're going to make the best game possible that we can in 18 months working 40 hours a week, versus we're going to make the best game possible in. 18 months working 32 hours a week mm. yeah. and you will get a different result because your inputs are different right. but it's the the process is not different it's just that we are so ingrained culturally to think yep. of 40 mm-hmm. hours that so we don't finish the sentence anymore yeah. Yeah. but mm-hmm. we're still making that choice as we become professionals we start to get a good sense it's an intuitive sense of what we can get done in a week yeah. mm-hmm. and um, freelancers especially know this backwards and forwards like what they can accomplish even if they haven't done it before but a lot of it is based on what can I get done Monday to Friday and like that is is so ingrained and you don't know that's why I wouldn't be surprised if ironically a team that is planning for a four day work week ends up just making better choices because otherwise they wouldn't have thought to make any choices at all. Mm. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, cuz exactly. They're like you're inserting thoughtfulness into the yeah. Yeah. whole process rather right. than relying upon baked in yeah. habits. Yeah, that makes sense. Um August, do does your company have like holiday breaks where like everybody is forced off for like a couple of weeks? Uh holidays and stuff. Yeah, I mean, we had like two weeks off for yeah, yeah. That's the kind of uh, we yeah. actually, in addition to this, we added two holidays as part of this. Also, what? like we now have cool. Juneteenth and Martin Luther King Day off, which we Aww. didn't before. Yeah. So now, like, whenever a holiday happens, we have mm-hmm. three day. We have weeks. three day. <laughs> <laughs> I think Stephen, what you're asking is is like is the, where the company closes down. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. so, so that's something um, that we've been doing and we've been employing is like uh, last year I had two weeks off for holidays, hmm. uh, which oh gosh, it was so nice. Right, mm-hmm. and, and you um, didn't choose those weeks; everyone just had. To yeah, we just yeah. had the yeah, and we're planning on doing that in the summer too. We're gonna have a week off. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um. So the reason I asked that is like I wanted to see if it made sense to still do that and also have the four day work week. It sounds like it does. 
Yeah, I mean, we'll see, like, we only officially started our, like, we're off our trial now, and we're, mm-hmm. like, officially on 40 work week as of March 1st. So oh, it's wow. been a whole week or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, like, mm-hmm. it might not work. Like, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so far, like, everything's been looking really good, and um, we're really happy with it. And I think beyond kind of what we've already discussed uh, and like the tangible benefits and the employees, I think there are a lot of ways that we didn't really think of at the beginning that are like tangibly better for the company Yeah. On, okay. in addition to the employees. Um, one is like, I like my job currently, yeah. but <laughs> even if I didn't, I'd have a hard time quitting and going yeah. to somewhere <laughs> at five day work week. So like, yeah. um, we're so small and our turnover historically has been so small, we can't like measure retention, right. but yeah. like, I know personally speaking that my retention has gone way up <laughs> and my ability to tolerate stuff I might not otherwise has gone way up because yeah. of this. And yeah, also in hiring folks, mm-hmm. yeah. like uh, I don't know if we're actually getting like many times more applications. But it is quite an incentive. Yeah. And your your willingness to say that so publicly, it just, just shows how obvious it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are so many people who are like, oh yeah, I saw your article of like for our work weeks do like, would this also be a four-day work week? And, yeah, yeah. Um, folks are really excited about it. I think some of it touches on what you were discussing before of, like, the novelness mm-hmm. of, like, mm-hmm. it is such this cool kind of new shiny thing. Yes. And yeah. if it does catch on more broadly, it'll be less impactful as, like, that retention tool or that mm-hmm. recruitment tool. But for now... It might right. end up being... It might end up starting to be a requirement almost to get yeah. the yeah. jobs. Yeah. Like, oh, you're yeah. working five... Five days? Yeah. 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 I know personally speaking, I'm going to have a hard time talking to any company that wants me to work five days. Five days in an office is just, there's no chance. No chance. (laughs) Out the window. You know, that's something that's fascinating too, is like, if there is an office, this fictional office that people are going to, um, you know, (laughs) you'd only be going there for four days. So like, you don't have to, like, it's less for management to have to deal with too. Like building management, you don't have to pay for the extra day. To keep heating on and stuff. And you could rent out sure. the place on Fridays for like weddings and stuff. I mean, <laughs> yes. What theme is your wedding going to be? Grage. Kid <laughs> an open floor plan yeah. wedding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love work that much. <laughs> well, you know, there's some, some of these like startup locations basically look like reception halls. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious why a lot of companies are choosing to do a four-day work week where they take Friday off. Like, what if, I, I'm imagining a world where Wednesday is the day they chop off instead, and then it's just, you know, you work Monday, Tuesday, and then Thursday, Friday. Like, I, I, I feel don't like know. that's like a ser- in search of an efficiency, but I... That, no, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 just, I'm just curious about it. I don't know that yeah. Wednesday would necessarily be better or worse. Mm. But, I mean, I think, like you were saying in the beginning, August, that, like, most... People are just opting to take Fridays off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what would it look like if we took Mondays off or Wednesdays or what have mm-hmm. I think there was definitely that discussion. And as soon as we, like, started chatting about it more publicly, there were, like, a bunch of people on Twitter who were like, you are doing this wrong. You should take Wednesdays off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, person who's always worked a five-day work week. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. Uh, but I see the appeal of, like, having that break. But I think Mm -hmm. kind of going back to something Ellen was discussing earlier in the context of meetings of how disruptive context switching is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, To have, like, suddenly two weekends that you, like, (laughs) suddenly if Wednesday's your day off, every day of the work week is either a Monday or Friday. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think about it that way. Also, perspective. No, it's like a hole in the week. I don't know what I could get done on a Wednesday for myself. Yeah, you I know, suppose necessarily. Well, yeah, I mean, it's convenient on Friday because, like, you know, it's the week, it's the beginning of the weekend. People yeah. consider that almost the weekend, anyways. Yeah. So, like, it makes a lot of sense to just add more weekend from yeah. by adding Friday. Well, it's that, it's that cultural ingrained stuff too. Yeah. Like, you could take Monday off and you could just treat it the same way. Mm-hmm. But like, you, movies open on Friday yeah. and nobody mm-hmm. stays out late on Sunday, and so yeah. just just keep on going with that. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think a lot of it is the folks who kind of carved the way and started took Fridays off and like it would be chaos if every (laughs) single company who had a four day work week had a random different day off. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't mind knowing that I had to wait a day to get an email reply Mm. and knowing that I didn't have to reply to an email for a day. Yeah. (laughs) That would actually feel kind of (laughs) nice. Yeah. But it's, that's the, there's, it does open up just all of the potential ways that society can configure 
a workforce. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like, what what are the margins that we can squeeze around and change that that disrupt what we what we are comfortable disrupting, but also not make disrupting things that will make it harder for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the only reason I asked, really. <laughs> I was just curious. But yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense to take Friday, though. Mm-hmm. Dang, okay. I have to um, take all this information and uh, use it. Put it in your report. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring back. I'll bring it back to Future Club, and we'll see what comes of it. <laughs> I mean, I think, like, I, being now a staunch advocate of it, like, in the specific for Armor, because I don't think this will work for everyone, necessarily. Right, right, right. Yeah, I wouldn't definitely. assume that. But, like, um. I and I don't think I would ever, especially at these like small companies who are just kind of scraping milestone to milestone or whatnot. Like I would not think less of them for not like taking this plunge because it's a really big deal. Yeah, Yeah, that's why I like I keep talking about my company, but like it totally (laughs) makes sense why we're you know we're doing what we're doing because like we have things we need to get done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, There's a lot of obvious benefits, and we've gone through a lot of it, but there's. It's. I think it's really easy to get caught up in the optimism of it. Yes. And I think that it's the, your company handled it in a way that it did this trial, and maybe there was an inevitability to it. But at the same time, you did collect that data. You did what you could yeah. to make sure you weren't just going into it because it sounded cool. And I think the inevitability was just like as soon as they said, "Hey, we're doing four day work weeks," everyone was like, "Yes, hell yes, <laughs> I want this thing." Like that energy made it feel inevitable. But like yeah. at no point. I think was if everyone's like, I can't get my work done. This is awful. Yeah, this is yeah. causing stress. Like I hundred percent know we would have abandoned yeah. it yeah. and I, like found something else to. Try I bet to some of that, that optimism and that that enthusiasm helped get over whatever difficulties there were. Mm-hmm. I don't think you would have been able to avoid it if it really was creating a lot of disruption and problems. But it probably does help that it just sounds great, and then whatever little adjustments you're more more likely to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, just, uh, I mean, like you, you said, you just started it officially. The company has chosen to do it, but you haven't made any adjustments from the trial. It's working the same way as it did during then, right? Yeah. For the most part, I don't think any big changes. Like there yeah. have been like a lot of kind of micro adjustments and not so much. I think policies haven't changed since the trial started, but like how we approach yeah, uh, kind of executing on the new work week. Yeah. Like there's. And going to continue to be little adjustments. Yeah. Right. And do you expect there to be a reassessment period at a certain time? Or is data going to continue to be collected? Or is that done for now? Uh, as far as I know, that's more or less done. Like, obviously, I think this system only works, especially, like, shifting something so dramatically. Like, if I was founding a new company and said this is a 32-hour work week, that is different than a company that's been around for 15 years doing Yeah five-day work weeks and so i think it only works if there is buy-in from both kind of management and the workforce of like kind of this collaborative spirit of working together and figuring out what works i don't imagine this would work super well if it was just like some ceo read it (laughs) in a medium article that this was a good idea just put it in because i could see for a lot of folks it's not working as well like yeah i know when we started it i was pretty safely the most skeptical person in the company Mm. about And I love my Fridays off, but like I was shipping a game and I was like going through some hard stuff of like trying to balance all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, is this a good idea? Turns out I think it is, but like I could see people not being in for it. And I don't think you could pull off this dramatic of a change if you weren't actively listening to the workers. Right, right, right. Well, we have to do that because we're a co-op. (laughs) (laughs) It's convenient. Yeah. Listen to yourself. Exactly. Yeah, Armor had a couple of built-in advantages and also a couple of built-in disadvantages towards making a move like that. And so any company considering it is going to have to recognize what those are yeah. and do what you guys did, which is just collect the data. Yeah, And right. I think the benefit, as I am testament to, anyone who does the four-day work week loves talking about it. <laughs> right, right. And so, There's an evangelism. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot of people are just like super open about it, knowing like, there are a lot of really weird challenges that you're going to have to overcome that like you wouldn't think about. Like, I think still our solution we use for like tracking hours and HR type stuff mm-hmm. doesn't 
let us say that full-time workers don't work 40 hours a week. I think <laughs> I might be wrong, but I think we have to lie to Gusto and tell it that we work 40 hours a week because there's no option <laughs> right, to work right. anywhere else. Oh, we've been using that too. We just switched to that this year. So that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. And I think there are other things like that where you can't possibly plan for all the ways that like everything is set up to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the benefit is all of the folks uh, who... Uh, or at least a lot of them who have done this transition, like went through a lot of those hard things and are like really active in wanting more people to like try it out because it was successful for them. And so they like a lot of people are giving their time yeah. and expertise mm-hmm. on like helping people make that transition. That's mm-hmm. cool. Well, I mean, I don't work anywhere, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with all this this information because it's like it is really interesting oh, i've been I, taking notes Mark. yeah that's i know cool. i know <laughs> share it on the podcast well that's it's <laughs> that's sort of interesting it's just uh, i mean we started this episode talking about like our own work weeks yeah and i think just knowing more about how everybody works can help you better understand how you yeah. Work, oh yeah. yeah even if it doesn't apply to you directly so i hope that helped listeners i know that thinking about me i'm like there's nothing practical i can do with this information but i'm really glad i have it now yeah <laughs> well you evaluate what how you're working based off of that information yeah so, exactly, yeah. exactly right super valuable in that way. So August, thank you for like laying it out and, and evangelizing it and talking through it honestly with us. It was yeah. really, really good. Give us yeah. all the good information twice. <laughs> the second time. Where can listeners find you on the internet to ask you more about this? But not on Friday. <laughs> but not on <laughs> Friday. I don't check Fridays. Twitter on, well, I don't check Twitter on any day, but definitely not Fridays. <laughs> uh, with that said, Twitter is probably the best place. Uh, it's August J. Brown. I believe it's my we'll handle. Double check. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll, put, yeah. we'll have a link. In we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. If people have questions, uh, send them. And August may at some point find them and may in, in, at one point reply. <laughs> <laughs> but not on a Friday. Yeah. But not on Fridays. That's our show. For show notes and links on today's topic, go to our website, nicegames.club. Visit us on Twitter at NiceGamesClub where Dale tweets about game dev resources and implementing Scary Hour. Hmm. Wonder what that is. Look at the Twitter and you'll find out. We like hearing from you, so you can tweet back or email us, contact at nicegames.club. I have no idea what day of the week we will respond to you. Could be a Friday, who knows. Nice Games Club is on Patreon. You can support the show and get stuff. Sign up at patreon.com slash nicegamesclub. And if you want to keep things more casual, stop by nicegames.club slash discord and say hello. Next week, we'll be looking at an Infernax postmortem. But that's it for this week. So, until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. Like I'm supposed to start it. Okay, that's usually how it goes. Oh. <laughs> do you want Do you want me to start it, Stephen? I can start it. I guess. Is this the start? Are this, we starting it now? Yeah, we're. Yep. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.